1: Yes, indeed it is. Good morning, seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on a Friday. Eh, Modified free-for-all Friday. I only have two guests today instead of the normal three, so that gives us more time for your free-for-all phone calls. It's the 12th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2021, and I do appreciate you being with us. We have a lot of very important things to talk about. Let me tell you about those two guests as we get started. Coming up in a half an hour, we're going to talk about those shots the profit shots, non-vaccines, non-FDA approved. Let me say that again. Non-vaccines and non-FDA approved. The pseudo-approval of the FDA, uh, that the FDA gave the Pfizer shots, is not approval. You've been lied to. They did not approve what they're pumping into your arms right now from Pfizer. And they did not approve, officially and formally, and fully the shots that they want to jam into your five-year-old kindergartner's arms right now. But nonetheless, the CDC has recommended COVID vaccines or profit shots for your kids as young as five. They are now experimenting on infants. You heard that correctly. Infants as young as six months old. They're experimenting in the Moderna labs by jamming this stuff into the willing arms. No, let me rephrase. Into the arms of children whose parents are willing to sacrifice them them in these uh, experiments. Infants have an even lower incidental rate of being impacted by uh, COVID-19. By being infected, by getting sick, or certainly by transmitting it to someone else, like a caregiver, than the 5 to 11 year old set. We are talking statistical insignificance. We're talking less than 1% of 1%. We're talking about such a tiny number, and yet they are now working on getting emergency authorization for another non emergency, which would be for infants. So the CDC is recommending, pump these toxins into your kid's arms. We don't know what will happen to them in a year, or two years, or five years, but we'll all find out together. Let's do this thing. The question is, is should you get your kid in line for that shot? Sadly, millions of very confused, and quite frankly, naive parents are doing exactly that. They're naive because they have been tricked. They have been... Duped by the propaganda machine that is the federal government, by the CDC, by the pharmaceutical companies, particularly Pfizer, which is a fraud. They have been duped, and they're putting their kids in line, and they're saying, yep, get the shot, get the shot, get the shot. It's going to make you great. Look, Big Bird got his. His wings a little sore, but look, he's happy. He's going to be great. They have no idea what this is doing to kids. We're going to talk to Dr. William Schaffner at 9:35. He is a doctor and he's the medical director of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. He is an expert. This is a private non-profit organization of doctors and nurses and researchers, researchers, whose mission is to help Americans better understand without propaganda the prevention and treatment of infectious diseases. They've been doing this for about 50 years. This is an expert in the field that would be called a quack by Facebook, YouTube, Google, and anybody else that says, we have to stop misinformation from being presented about our wonderful, fantastical, safe and effective vaccines. This is one of the men that they will be trying to silence. So Dr. Schaffner joins me at 935. Then at 1035, Christina Hagen joins us to talk about our lead story of the day, which I will tell you in just a moment. But first, let's pause. Let's start our day with the Pledge of Allegiance. As we do each and every day, patriots, please stand wherever you are. And I love the fact that so many of you do this. I tell you this from time to time, and I'll tell you again right now. I go, I give speeches, I go to public events, I meet people, and people tell me, thank you for the Pledge of Allegiance. I stand every day. And face my flag and say that pledge with Lord knows how many other listeners who just want to, even if it's in the privacy of their own home, uh, express their patriotism and their loyalty to this wonderful republic. So, patriots, go ahead and please rise. Face your flag. Put your hand on your heart. If you're driving, just drive with your left hand. Put your hand on your heart with your right. That's not so hard, is it? Leftists, we know it's very hard for you. Go ahead and take your knee or take your seat. We We know how you feel about this country anyway. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, 13 minutes after the hour. uh, As I mentioned, Christina Hagen, a former Ohio State representative, is going to be with us. And we've got a number of things to talk about with her, including the lead story that we're going to discuss with you right now. The letter, the infamous letter, the letter written by the National School Boards Association, which includes membership of all 50 states' school boards. And it was the letter that was sent to the President of the United States, to Joe Biden. Now, I've read it to you, and I've read repeatedly the most important lines of it to you, in which they declared that the federal government needs to do something through the Department of Justice, using the Patriot Act, using the FBI, if need be, to stop these dangerous parents from coming to school boards, school board meetings, and intimidating and harassing and threatening violence against board members. We have to do something about these potential domestic terrorists. Now, a lot of that ground has been covered. We talked about some of the incidents that they used as ammunition for their argument to the president. They talked about Loudoun County. They talked about uh, Scott Smith, a plumber in Loudoun County who came to a school board meeting and was demanding answers and demanding changes to the trans policy at Loudoun County schools because his daughter was raped and sodomized inside of a girl's bathroom by a male wearing a skirt who says he's... Uh, what do he say, uh, non-binary, which means he's not male or female. He can go into whatever doggone bathroom facility, shower facility, locker room facility he wants. Scott Smith, of course, got very upset when they told him, we don't believe you or your daughter. He was a- tackled after shouting. He didn't harm anyone. He shouted. Gee, I wonder why. He got tackled by police, arrested, charged with trespassing and disorderly conduct. Then we find out the truth about his daughter, And everybody just kind of was like, oh, well. So we talked about that letter in some depth and in some length. In large part, I think that letter from the NSBA, National School Board Association, to Joe Biden, who then forwarded it on to his attorney general, Merrick Garland, for use to be responded to, to be acquiesced, to be uh, implemented. The use of the Patriot Act and the FBI to investigate parents who dare question school board authorities, uh, especially if they question them more than once, because that would constitute harassment. Ask me once and it's fine. Ask me twice, you're harassing me. Oh, there it is. Because, of course, harassment and intimidation, those words were never defined in the letter. So Biden did exactly what the NSBA wanted. Crack down on those parents to scare parents away from school board meetings. That was the whole uh, gist of this. So, why am I bringing it up now? Well, because newly released internal emails reveal that the National School Boards Association didn't just do this on their own and send a blind letter to the White House asking the president to do something, who then turned around and told Merrick Garland to do something. This wasn't isolated, it was coordinated. Newly released internal emails reveal that the NSBA coordinated with Joe Biden's White House and Merrick Garland's Department of Justice before sending Biden the letter that compared parents to domestic terrorists. Emails provided to Fox News and other outlets show the NSBA had coordinated with the White House for weeks beforehand. This wasn't a concerned school boards association reaching out in desperation for help from the White House. This was a conspiracy against parents coordinated with the White House and the DOJ for weeks. Viola Garcia, the NSBA president whom the Department of Education later named to a federal board sent the memo to SBA members on October 11th providing a timeline of the SBA's interaction with the White House ahead of the letter to the White House, to Joe Biden, which the NSBA sent on September 29th. Five days later, on October 4th, the DOJ issued a memo directing law enforcement to investigate threats to school boards, to investigate those domestic terrorist parents who don't like the trans policies, the fact that their kids, may, uh, girls may be forced to compete against boys, critical race theory, social-emotional learning, and all the other troubling things that we have going on in America's public schools right now. Parents are livid. They're very, very concerned, and they want to express their concern to the school board so that they know what the curriculum looks, looks like, so that they can decide if they want their kids to even be in those schools or opt out, opted out of those lessons and all kinds of other things. Five days after the letter, the DOJ, Merrick Garland, issues that memo saying we will, uh, the FBI will indeed investigate parents who make these intimidating and harassing and threatening remarks to school board members. Now, it's quite obvious, we've talked about this part before, too, that if there is intimidation, first of all, the intimidation is coming from the federal government to the parents, not from the parents to the school board. But if there was intimidation, however that's defined, or threats of violence to school board members, those things should be indeed investigated by local law enforcement. This in no way constitute a federal crime and in no way constitute the use of federal resources or federal federal law enforcement agencies to be involved in. And perhaps that's why on October 22nd, the NSBA issued an apology for the letter. The letter that we now come to find out was written in consultation and coordination with the White House. Which means what? It means the real driver of the let's sick the FBI on these parents who are trying to stop our narrative about America being systemically oppressive, systemically racist, systemically evil. The driver wasn't the NSBA. The driver was Joe Biden's White House. They needed somebody to write this letter requesting an action because they couldn't just do it on their own. Are you following this? Follow the dominoes as they tip over one after the other after the other. The NSBA wasn't the real villain here. Joe Biden sees parents, or Joe Biden doesn't see much of anything, to be quite frank. Joe Biden's team in the White House sees parents all across the nation rising up against critical race theory rising up against uh, gender theory, rising up against the Rainbow Mafia, rising up against the comprehensive pornographic sexual education in schools, rising up against girls being eliminated and boys being allowed to be girls simply by saying so, rising up against all of it, and says, we got to put this down. The people are really, really starting to revolt against us. How do we do it? Well, what do you say we send the FBI in? What do you say we send, hey, hey Merrick, says creepy, sleepy Uncle Brandon. What do you say we send the FBI after these parents? Investigate a couple of them. That will keep them away from the school board meetings. Well, we can't do that. There has to be a complaint. Well, who can we get to file the complaint? I don't know. Let's talk to the NSBA. The National School Boards Association was not the driver of this. The Biden administration used the NSBA to drive their agenda, crush uh, all dissent, crush any resistance from parents as to what we're doing in those schools. We all know that the key to destroying and fundamentally transforming this oppressive country that we revile is to win the future. We need the children in this generation and in the next generation to see this the way we see it. We will indoctrinate them, and anybody getting in the way of that needs to be eliminated. And if we have to call them domestic terrorists and use use the FBI to do it, then that's what must be done. We cannot fundamentally transform this country from a free republic rooted in capitalism into the Marxist country rooted in socialist policies and socialist economics We cannot give full and true power to us, to the government, over the people, the way we want, unless we get these parents who are revolting out of the way. My friends, this is enormous. Concern over the current climate for school board members is also a top priority as disruptions at school board meetings grow and members face growing threats, threats, wrote Garcia in the letter. NSBA has been actively engaged with the White House, Department of Justice, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Education, Surgeon General, and other federal agencies on pandemic-related issues. In the September 14, 2021 meeting of the NSBA Executive Director's Liaison Group, they were informed that there had been a meeting with the White House staff that morning and that NSBA was preparing to send a letter to the President Subsequently, on September 17th, the interim executive director emailed notice to the state association executive directors that indicated a letter requesting federal assistance would be sent. In response to the letter sent by NSBA, in coordination with the White House... The Attorney General announced a memorandum widely shared throughout the U.S. Department of Justice that he was ordering all U.S. attorney offices and local FBI offices to reach out to local and state law enforcement officials to coordinate efforts on this problem within 30 days of the memorandum. The White House was behind it. Not the NSBA. The NSBA was the tool that the White House used to crush dissenting parents. This is... Quite frankly, if it can be traced specifically to the president and not just the White House staff, which runs the presidency with this guy, but if it can be connected directly to him, this is flat out impeachable. This is collusion and this is corruption of the highest order. I welcome your thoughts at 216 945 on AM 1420 The Answer. We'll be back.
0: free whk mobile app and listen to your favorite whk programs or podcasts on the go it's free in your app store
1: okay 927 we continue on am 1420 the answer huge huge news The revelation that the NSBA was coordinating with the White House for weeks before they sent their letter that suddenly shocked the White House into asking the DOJ to take action against these parents. We have been lied to so many different ways, six different ways from Sunday, by this administration. And it just continues to get worse. All right, it's a free-for-all Friday when we have time to do so, so let's do so. Let's go to uh, Florida once again. And, Tom, you're on the uh, AM 1420, The Answer, the Bob France Authority. Go ahead.
2: Hey, Bob. How are you doing?
1: Good, sir. What's on your mind? I want to talk to the Hello? Hello. Hello, Tom. Yes, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Tom. I'm waiting for you, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just want to let you know that, you know, that when you
2: said it from the White House, don't forget his wife was a big school, you know, some of the school board. I bet you she
1: ended up forcing him to doing stuff like this. I don't know about coercing him, too. I don't think uh, Joe Biden really needs to be coerced to do anything. He knows he's being run by handlers, uh, and he's doing whatever he's told to do. The point is, the White House and the Biden administration, or the Biden administration from the White House, the Oval Office, whatever you want to call it, literally coordinated with the NSBA to sick the FBI on parents. It wasn't the NSBA's doing, it was the White House's doing. That's what matters here.
2: Right. I think to, to, his, to his wife, I think there's a lot of people. to write in the White House. There had to be somebody close to him.
1: Right. Right. Somebody, you know, and, and again, does that mean chief of staff? Does that mean behind the scenes? Does that mean Barack Obama? Does that mean, you know, the, the financiers? Does it mean the George Soroses of the world? Does it mean the Bill Gates of the world and others who are very, very close to this president and to the Democrats? Uh, it could be a combination of all of the above. But it's very clear that they knew that the parent uprising in this country was going to be a big problem for them, and they had to do something to quash that uprising. And what better way to do it than to threaten parents with blue windbreakers knocking? on their door at six AM to investigate them. We need your laptops, we need to see everything here because you have been threatening school officials. We got to see what other things you're into. That's a great way to scare parents into submission and into uh into hiding.
2: And and I think they're using this I don't want to, you know, like go back to Germany, but this like the brown you know the Brown shirts. They're using the FBI
1: to get on the people. Yes. Yes, you're sure. not you're not wrong. That that's not that's not a crazy comparison. Normally, and thank you for the call Tom. Normally, I don't like any comparison to Nazis about anything we're doing today to Nazism. A lot of people do that, you know, they'll say, you know, Trump was like Hitler and somebody else will say some Democrat was like Hitler. I don't like it. I really don't. But sometimes the comparisons are Accurate. When the law enforcement agencies, which are intended to protect and serve the public, are weaponized against the public, the comparison is apt. The, the FBI is a law enforcement agency, the federal law enforcement agency. And when they are turned against the people, rather than to protect and serve the people, but to actually go out there and to try to torment and to intimidate and scare the people into a certain type of compliance, The comparison with the brown shirts, the comparisons with the SS, the comparisons with the um, uh, Gestapo, those things are not inaccurate. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate the phone call. It's 930. We'll get news now. and We're going to talk more about mandatory state policies, including now jabbing your kids. Right now, it's strongly encouraged by the CDC. At what point will it become a mandate like the workers of this country? We'll talk to a very esteemed doctor and an expert in infectious disease coming up next, AM
0: 1420, the answer. Up on the fears. we would suck in place. In a dance hall days, we will go on Christ. When I, you, and everyone we knew, to believe, do. Keeping you vaccinated against the lies of the liberal media pandemic. The Bob
1: France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is every bit that. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. 23 minutes before the top of the hour uh, as we do continue. We've been lied to so many different ways. It's hard to keep track of them. The most egregious of these lies is that the Pfizer vaccine, which is, well, there's two egregious lies in one. It's not a vaccine. It's a shot. Period. Point blank. It's about money. It's not about medical um, freedom. It's not about health. It's not about an emergency either. It is about profit. That's number one. But number two, that we've been lied to and told that the Pfizer profit shot is now fully FDA approved. It is not. Moreover, the Pfizer shot has now been pushed into the arms, quite literally, of your children, ages 5 to 11. And sadly, because of the propaganda, and the use of things like Big Bird to try to uh, trick kids into thinking, hey, this is cool, let's get a vaccine. Um, the parents are lining up by the millions to put these shots into the, uh, the arms of their children. And as I noted in the open, Moderna is now experimenting on infants. Infants, birth to six months, they are experimenting with their profit shots. Uh, some call this child abuse. I am some. What does Dr. William Schaffner call this? Dr. William Schaffner is a physician. He's the medical director of the NFID, which is the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. In other words, he's an expert uh, in this field. The NFID is a private nonprofit organization of docs and nurses and researchers whose mission it is to help Americans better understand the prevention and treatment of infectious disease. They've been doing this for nearly a half century, so this is not their first rodeo, although this might be the most uh, important. Dr. Schaffner, it's very good to have you on our program. How are you, sir?
2: I'm fine, Bob. Good
1: to be with you. Good to be with you, too, sir. So before we get into the children, which is kind of the the question here that we want to ask you is about what message you have for parents who are considering having their children ages 5 to 11 uh, pumped full of these toxins without any clue what's going to happen in the long term. Can you tell me just uh, talk a little bit about what what I opened with here? We have been led to believe by the media and by the CDC, and by the federal administration, that the Pfizer vaccine is good, it is safe, it is effective, and it's got the full approval of the FDA. And that's supposedly the gold standard. So once the FDA gives full approval, there's no more debate here. This is safe and it's effective. Is that true, Dr. Schaffner?
2: Well, it is true, Bob, that the Food and Drug Administration has given full approval to the uh, Pfizer vaccine for adults, It has an emergency use authorization for children, which amounts, given all the information that we have about the vaccine now, uh, it's essentially a full approval.
1: Okay. Um, I want to talk a little more about that because there has been a lot of information that has come to light here that what the FDA actually gave full approval to is the BioNTech product called uh, uh, Comernity. That is what has been given full approval, and Comirnaty is not used in the United States. It is not available in the United States. That is what got full approval, but because Pfizer has partnered with Comer, uh, with um, uh, with BioNTech, uh, the Pfizer slash BioNTech product is being treated as being the same. But Comirnaty, if I'm saying that name correctly, is not what's being distributed here. What's being distributed here is still being distributed only under, even to adults, emergency use, use authorization.
2: No, the, the, the adult product now is fully licensed. And uh, the uh, brand name Comirnaty is just that. It's a brand name. It's the same vaccine that's being used around the world is the one that's being used here. For children, as you know, you mm. want to talk about children, it's one-third of the dose that is being given to people who are teenagers, young adults, and seniors. So it's been really very carefully studied, and I, <laughs> as as you might anticipate, I'm standing right there with the American Academy of Pediatrics, which clearly recommends this vaccine for every child now 5 to 11 years of age.
1: Right, which is, which is a huge issue. And um, with respect to the first question that we just discussed, um, I think more research is going to have to be done into this because there are pharmacies that I have seen, pharmacies and uh, clinics that are giving the shots on camera admitting that what they are giving is not the BioNTech Comernity product, and it is not fully approved by the FDA that these are only the, uh, the emergency use authorization. So we'll just leave that there for now because again, there's, there's, there's people on video that are expressing very different things who are actually distributors of the shots. So let's focus on the kids. Doctor, the, the big problem I had when I first saw the push to, um, approve this under emergency authorization use for children is the fact that there is no emergency for children. The rate of infection, much less the rate of hospitalization or severe illness for children 5 to 11 from COVID-19 has been described by the CDC previously as statistically insignificant. So if there is no emergency in children, how on earth are they granted emergency approval to put this drug into their arms? Uh,
2: So the issue here, Bob, is that you are correct. Children are much less affected severely than are seniors, people with underlying illnesses, and other adults. But hear me now, that's less affected, not unaffected. And Delta really changed that. When Delta came in, this variant took over. It's now the dominant strain in the United States. It's so contagious that it began to affect young adults, and children. And we began seeing children admitted to our pediatric hospitals across the country. There have been over 8,000 children across the country admitted with COVID. A third of them have required intensive care unit admission. This is not trivial. And these are not all children with underlying illnesses. These are normal children.
1: Give me and numbers, of, doctor. Give hold me numbers on, hold because on. well, no. Well, but if, you're gonna say, if you're going to say if you're going to say it is significant, I would like to know the numbers because the numbers that I have read indicate that the vast majority of children that have suffered and needed uh, severe illnesses and needed hospitalization are an overwhelming number are people with underlying con- or children with underlying conditions.
2: Well, that's not correct. Uh, and Give me numbers. Gee. I don't know the, I don't, I don't know the actual breakdown of those 8,000 children, but regardless, let's just say you're correct. My response is, so what? I think we have to vaccinate children in order to prevent them from developing these illnesses that bring them to the hospital. There are over 95 children that have died of COVID and Sir, sir, Excuse me. I think children, I, I, think I
1: vastly, I think I vastly misunderstood your position on this. Uh, so now that I know your position on this, we have to, we have to discuss this. Eight thousand children out of some twenty-eight million that they are talking about is what percentage of children? Do you have those? Can you do that math real quick?
2: Well, go with me, Bob. Well, no, no, I need an answer to
1: that question because you are talking about...
2: No, 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 sir. There are many fewer cases of all those illnesses and we vaccinate every born child in the United States, 4 million a year, against all of those diseases.
1: Our goal... Dr. Schaffner, are you going to tell me... Hold on, sir, hold on. Let me respond to your points one by one so that I can completely understand what you're saying here. Are you going to tell me that there is a comparative between vaccinations that were developed decades ago that took decades to get approval of, decades, mind you, to this vaccine, which has been in effect for 10 months. We know what the long-term effects of polio vaccines are. We know what the long-term effects of measles vaccines are. We know what the long-term effects of all of the things you just said are. We know nothing about the long-term effects of, of these COVID-19 vaccines, do we, doctor?
2: What we do know, Bob... No, no, do we, no? doctor?
1: Is that a yes or a no? Do we know the long-term effects of COVID-19 vaccines? What we do know, Bob... I'll take that, that as a no. All... Your, your non-responsiveness here is noted. Go ahead. Well, if you would like me to respond, let me finish. Well, I sentence. would like to respond to that part with a yes or a no. Do we know the long-term effects of COVID-19 uh, vaccines, Dr. Schaffner?
2: There are no long-term effects there are no long-term effects of any vaccine that's used in infancy childhood adolescence or adults doctor how can you make that statement
1: when we haven't had a long-term pass by yet how do you know what this is going to do in children this this covid-19 non-approved vaccine how are do you know what this is going to do to a child in a year a two years, in five years, in ten years. We know full well what happens with the other vaccines, again, because long terms of, of time have passed. That's why it took decades for full approval to be granted of those vaccines, doctor. Now you're telling me that we know just because of what? Do you have a crystal ball that's going to tell us what the future holds for children who are five years old who get a uh, 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 an MRNA shot into their arms today or two or three once the boosters come around? Do you know from a crystal ball what that's going to do in 10 years?
2: Well, I do have science, and science tells us that none of the vaccines that you've mentioned have any long-term effects. In fact, this vaccine doctor those vaccines not- were
1: all cultivated as you know in eggs this was this was traditional vaccination and it still took decades to get approval mrnas have never been done before that what we are what you want to pump into kids arms right now doctor has never been done before and you're going to tell me that you know for a certainty that there will be no long term effects on these children or on adults
2: well, I think I and the American Academy of Pediatrics and the World Health Organization can give you that assurance. And if you'll let me finish the sentence, this vaccine, once it's inoculated into any person, adult or a child, within a very short time disintegrates and it's excreted from the body. So it doesn't even stay in the body very in other long. words,
1: In other words, it loses whatever limited effectiveness it may have had which is why they now are calling for booster shots originally a third shot was requested of the Pfizer uh, profit shot for uh, for people with, uh, with comorbidities and people who have immune um, uh, comp- who are immune compromised now they're saying just two days ago I'm sure you saw this they are now asking for full uh, uh, authorization of boosters for every adult 18 and over why would they need a third shot? And at what point do you say enough's enough? Is it four shots? Once that one excretes from the body, is it now time for a fifth? Is this going to be an annual, a twice annual shot, in your opinion, doctor?
2: Well, I, you and I will find out, won't we, Bob? Because we get our annual flu shots, and for tetanus vaccine, we get those boosters so, every so 10 you, years. So you
1: think this is going to be an endemic situation? Oh, of course it is. So you think we are, going are all to going to have to trust that whatever toxins that Pfizer, to their profit, and they make $15 billion a quarter, that whatever they say we need to put into this 6 months shot or this every three-month shot, Americans are going to have to take. And then just trust that what's in it isn't going to be harmful to them.
2: Well, I hope that there is trust in the scientific process and Every parent can go to their own pediatrician, the pediatrician who's there for their child day in and day out, caring for them, and ask their pediatrician's except advice, except for the
1: fact that they can't once a mandate is issued. Are you supportive of the mandates that are issued now that uh, that uh, uh, the president has ordered for all federal employees and contractors and for all workers now uh, if they work for a company with a hundred people or more? Are you supportive of mandated shots?
2: Heck, I'm not distressed by mandates. I'm mandated to get it. I work here at the Vanderbilt you're not Medical distressed Center. by mandates. And everyone. You don't, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dr. Sheffner, I
1: would like to point out the utter (laughs) and extreme hypocrisy you just uttered. You just said that parents should be able to go to their physicians and discuss with the physicians whether it's right for their child to get that shot. Then in the next breath, you said you are not troubled by mandates. So therefore, parents shouldn't necessarily be able to consult with their physicians. If the federal government says do it, mandated, then you're supportive of that. No, you You just said it,
2: please. Well, if you'll permit me, please distinguish children from adults. Mandates for children are implemented locally. The federal government does not do that. And what difference does it make if it's
1: the federal government or your local school board that says you must get your child shot before we admit them into our classrooms. A mandate is a mandate, and you just said you're not troubled by mandates? Why would you not be troubled by mandates? We're talking about a, 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 a shot, a toxin, that, that can affect different people of different ages and different health statuses all very differently. We're doing a one-size-fits-all approach to everybody, and you're not troubled by the mandating of such shots? Well, How does that, you... how does that even fit? With the Hippocratic Oath, for goodness sakes, you don't know if you're doing harm because you don't know, again, long-term what it's going to do to these children.
2: Bob, there are many mandates. I could not be a health care worker unless I were mandated to have received many, many vaccines. Our folks who serve in the military are obliged to receive a whole series of vaccines. We have been Again, mandating vaccines, vaccines, Dr. Schaffner, that States have been for used
1: for decades and have been tested for decades, whose long-term effects are known. Dr. Schaffner, one final question for you. Are you aware that one of the members of the um, uh, FDA panel that approved the shots for 5- to 11-year-olds was asked during the vote on video camera, about the safety and effectiveness of these shots for children. And are you aware of the fact that he said, and I'll paraphrase the quote, because I didn't have time to pull this up. I didn't expect this conversation to go the way it has. But this gentleman said, we don't know how safe these shots are for children, and we won't know until we start giving them. That's just the way it goes. Does that sound like sound medical practice to you? I don't know if this will be safe for this kid. Put it in his arm, and we'll all find out together.
2: We have to put this statement into context. It's true of every new drug and every new vaccine. Once we test it and license it in, after thousands of volunteers in the clinical trials, then when you give any new drug anywhere in the world, ever, any new medication, then once we start giving it to a thousand, ten thousand. 30,000, a million people, we may find things that occur rarely. And we have with these vaccines also. We can manage that. You know, yeah, can, can you no manage it for
1: children who have become paralyzed by this shot? Can you manage it for children who are dying from this shot? because guess what children who are over the age of 11 who have been given uh, author, uh, authorization to receive these already uh, are suffering extraordinary adverse reactions to them not to mention all of the cardiac issues that come come that are that come around with this as well including my, uh, uh, myocarditis and pericarditis but but well, we can manage those things as long as the kids survive them Dr. Schaffner, I, uh, again, I apologize for misunderstanding where you were coming from uh, on this issue. You have no problem with mandating shots of children, sir. It would do our country a great service if you if you surrendered your medical license. I'm very disappointed to know that you're out there advocating for the potential poisoning of children when you admit you have no idea how it's going to impact them in the long term. With that, thank you for your time. Thank you, Bob. 954, the man should not have a medical license. And I want to apologize for being misled, by the way. We booked this uh, interview through a service uh, who told us that this was going to be a very different kind of doctor. Uh, and that was what I expected. Sometimes you find out on live radio, and that's what I just found out. The man should surrender his medical license. The man has violated his Hippocratic Oath. The man says it should be okay to mandate vaccines. Mandate them. Regardless of the health status or age or condition of the individual, that is a violation of the Hippocratic Oath, which says, first, do no harm. He has no earthly idea what kind of harm that he is doing. I'll be right back. Okay, 958, a little inside baseball for you here. The way this works is sometimes on our program, the guests that we have on are guests that we identify, and we say, that's a good person to talk to about this, this, or that, and we seek them out. Other times, and this is just how baseball works, we get pitched by by publicists and by public relations people and saying, hey, would you like to talk to so-and-so? This is what his stance is on this. Uh, We were led to believe that Dr. Schaffner, was uh, very, very different than what Dr. Schaffner turned out to be. Dr. Schaffner, I bragged about his experience with the National Foundation of Infectious Diseases at the beginning of the interview. I bragged about him. Thought he was going to be uh, telling us about the dangers of vaccinating children who are five years old. That was the pitch that I got. And instead, he is pro-vaccine mandate for everybody. And then contradicted himself when he... And by the way, did you notice how this is the way? this is the way... Um, these kinds of people with this kinds of kind of mindset, this is how they are. Give me a yes or a no, doctor. Yes or a no. Can you know for sure what's going to happen to somebody who takes this shot now in 10 years, since 10 years hasn't gone by? Well, let's talk about it. No, yes or no. Well, if you'd let me answer on yes or no, the answer is no. We know what happens to a person or to 99.999% of people who get a polio vaccine 10 years later. We know what happens to somebody who takes a measles vaccine 10 years after the fact. We know because these things have been around forever. And by the way, do you know the first polio vaccine was developed in 1935? Do you know when it got full FDA approval? 1954. It took nearly 20 years for it to get full approval. That's how much studying had to be done. That's how much research had to be done to minimize the effect on people, right? 20 years, and now quacks like this are trying to tell us that, hey, your kids took the polio vaccine to go into school. Why shouldn't they take this one? How about 20 years versus 10 months? How about 20 years versus we're experimenting as we speak? At this point, if somebody wants to roll the dice with the experimental big pharma profit shots, if they want to roll the dice, they can. To mandate it for adults or for children is beyond a violation of the Hippocratic Oath. In my estimation, it's sadism. It's sadism. It is potentially torturing and killing people in the name of quote, unquote, MRNA science. I know a lot of people want to respond to the interview with the doctor. I see you on hold. Stay there. We're guest-free for the next half hour, so your calls are next.